0: Hey guys, I want to... Thank you for tuning in to the Youth in Culture podcast. Um, I am your host Ryan Sebastian, and I am joined with my co-host David Pinkham.
1: Hey, man! It is great to be here.
0: Well, now I would do want to thank you for if this is your first time listening. Uh, I want to welcome you to the podcast. But if you've been listening for a while and you have not. Left us a rating and review. I would encourage you to do that. Uh, that again, that does help uh, our podcast to be more available to those who are searching for youth ministry content. Uh, I'm excited about this uh, episode because it's we again we're going we're going to be talking to well more like David again is going to be talking to Dr. Brown specifically about his new ministry that he's rolling out. Called Next Gen Matters. Yep, I'm really excited
1: about it. Um, When we interviewed the first time, uh, we had more of a 30,000 foot view of um, youth ministry and what that looks like from a biblical perspective. But uh, this time we're zooming in on uh, basically where Doc Brown fits in that whole spectrum and the resources and um, other options he's going to have out
0: there for those who are involved in youth ministry. Well, guys, I'm, again, I'm super excited about talking to Dr. Brown. Again, he has been very influential in both mine and David's life. Uh, when it comes to how we do ministry, uh, the way we do ministry, he had a big influence on that in both our lives. So stay tuned as we talk with Dr. Brown.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to part two uh, with Dr. Brown. Uh, really excited to be with him again and very encouraged. Hopefully you were encouraged by the last episode. I'm um, just talking about the biblical basis for student ministry and some of the inner workings of what that looks like, what it should look like, and some of the different approaches we can take um, that I found it very encouraging myself. But this week on uh, part two, uh, we want to dive specifically into this um this new ministry that Dr. Brown has started. Uh, it's still in its infancy. I would say, um, they're still working on making sure the website's up and running. The contact us page should be working. So if you need to get in touch we're all good them, there, we're good there. Um, yep. That'll, that'll be good. If you need to contact them. But, uh, since Dr. Brown did introduce himself in the last episode, um, hopefully if you haven't listened to it yet, I would encourage you to just hit the pause button, go back and listen to that one first and, um, and then join us here. But, uh, Dr. Brown, today I just wanted to to ask you. Uh, I know that uh, nothing like uh, next gen matters starts overnight, uh, and this had to be something that was on your mind and your heart for uh, a long time beforehand. So, can you kind of just uh, bring us along with you as uh, this journey has brought you to the emergence of next gen matters?
2: Thank you, David. Um, being called as a twenty year old to student ministry, to not see it as a stepping stone. I turned down probably 10 senior pastorates while I was a student pastor, 20 years of that. Uh, In the classroom, missing the church, because I hear him every day talking about the church. Um, Now getting the chance to volunteer in the church, and yet when you get thumped in the head with, a number of us got surprised with a restructuring and you no longer have a job i mean one day you're employed your dream job the next day you're gone what do i do now and i mentioned just a moment ago about being called it was the same thing in different church experiences and many of you as listeners i i don't know your story i don't know you but i'll guarantee there's been a lot of hurt a lot of disappointment a lot of betrayal I've been there, done that. Um, But always going back to knowing I'm called, whether it's a student pastor, new senior pastor comes in, you're not part of the new plans, you're now unemployed or whatever place it's at where you, what you've gone through, knowing you're called. And so for me, knowing I'm called to student ministry and that's all I've ever wanted to do, um, the last few years, I have had the Lord kind of put on my heart, the desire to really focus more attention on, I'll call it peer ministry, adult to adult. I've always been working with adolescents, last almost 20 years working with college age students, those preparing for ministry. And I still, I mean, David, throw me in front of a bunch of high schoolers and I'm in my zone. I'm like a little kid in the balls at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> that's, that's my happy spot, it really is. But there's something powerful when when you and your friend rick for example come to hear me you know not just hear me but you're at the the concerts and stuff at the school back for new year's eve and i would do my workshop for adult leaders and, and 90 plus percent of those adult leaders literally because i have them raise their hands so there's a quick survey monkey right <laughs> um are volunteers and my heart has been so many times for the volunteer who loves jesus who loves students they just maybe haven't had the opportunity to have more, let me me call it formal training. And that really has fired me up to get, it's a good thing, by the way, when I say fired me up, um, cranked me up just to be able to take some simple things of some, not just the validation or the, the need for student ministry, but the how to's to volunteers, and even in the last number of years as this, as this professor of youth ministry, people like yourself, seeing them on the road, being in their churches, speaking in, in, in retreats or camps, and then having very intimate conversations on their own hurts coming out. So to shepherd shepherds, I mean, I'm dude, you know me, I'm, I'm a shepherd. That's just who I am. And, and now I already had been feeling the last few years, not a movement away from my, my job, But in addition to my job, uh, a real need for how can I help encourage those in the trenches? So when, you know, surprise of all surprises comes, then restructuring takes place and you're now unemployed. It was in a month. Looking back, dude, it was in a month. I already had the name of this ministry. And I mean, thump your chest and raise your hand to God. Because he put that on my heart. Based on Psalm 78 and and verse 4. We teach these things to the next generation. And there's really four generations in that Psalm 78. And Psalm 78 is the foundation of Next Gen Matters. This next generation matters. And there's a play on words there, by the way. Because matters means components. But also matters has a sense of value. They matter. So what are the components that go into a healthy, biblically sound student ministry? I want to be a champion of those. But also, students matter. So the Lord put that on my heart right away. Now, what's it going to look like? How do you make a living from it? You know, that kind of thing. And right now, the kind of trendy thing is, you know, life coaching and all that, which is great. But yeah, that's part of it. But it really went back to my sense of calling that I want to see every student ministry. I want to see every Christian college that has a youth major or minor. I want everybody to win because it's big kingdom here. And in some ways, is to be very honest, it's kind of freeing to not just work for one organization now, you know, because now I can really hopefully be a champion for the big picture of the kingdom and cheerlead many, for example, institutions and and many churches because I want them all to win.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a sense there that, and I I still haven't figured out a way of saying this properly because this sounds a a little prideful, but it almost gives you an opportunity to do ministry your way. But it's not really your way. It's Yahweh. Yahweh. (laughs) That's a t shirt. Always a student
2: pastor. It's either a dad joke or a youth pastor joke. And by the way, there is no difference between dad jokes and youth pastor jokes. I'm just saying.
1: I I would have to agree with that. Um, I make my teens groan constantly. Constantly.
2: Yeah, but you're right. You're right. They did give me the flexible and free to be kind of an entrepreneur and go, okay, I'm not representing X, Y, or Z. I'm just representing Jesus and his word. And now let's do it.
1: So what are the different facets of next gen matters that are going to be, uh, I guess you could say tools that are available to uh, youth ministers?
2: Well, I think it starts with the basic purpose statement that I've developed relationally equipping today's leaders for tomorrow's generation and I was very much a wordsmith with choosing those words to relationally equip. You can equip somebody through a book, a podcast, et cetera. And hopefully even this tool is a resource to do that. But there's something that's deeper with someone who comes alongside you side by side and and is relational. Therefore, I want to make sure that NextGen Matters is relationally equipping today's leaders for tomorrow's generation and through that then there's a mission statement a vision statement etc but as it plays out there's really three components that i have right now and that is seen through three kind of like bowling lanes or swimming lanes or track and field lanes first lane is public speaking and that's something that you know i've been doing for years anyway as far as camps retreats etc but also ministry training and then leadership coaching so public speaking i think kind of speaks for itself and what that looks like the traditional you bring in a speaker and do their thing um but even within that context i want to make sure that i'm trying to endear the students first of all to jesus but also to their own local church i don't want to come in as the the rock star and create this you know look at me look at me thing no no i want to leave forget my name i'm good um but i want the students to feel more endeared to their own ministry leaders and vice versa the ministry leaders to the students but when i'm doing the the ministry training um i I really want to focus on it's already been started by the way until we kind of all shut down i was actually doing this and how can i create a place where we can take the classroom right into the church um, and, and this is something, David, this is part of my dream. And thank you for letting me share it. To equip volunteers and, and adult leaders as well. I mean, adults. my bad. <laughs> Professional leaders as well. But to really focus on volunteers. And how can I kind of take some of the resources I've had in the classroom and create workshops, create an environment where not just your student ministry, for example, but where you are in the RVA area in Richmond, For those of us that don't know what RVA means, sorry. Um, For example, I would love to come into a local area, have four, five, six, eight churches together, like on a Saturday morning. When I say workshops, it just doesn't mean, I just don't mean like five happy hops to have a cool youth bed. But from the scriptures, from the word of God, how can we extract timeless principles from God's precious word into how we do student ministry? And then giving those, those youth ministries time to hear these things, and yet also have then opportunity to leave with some healthy tools to go back and just talk through it. Big buzzword now is create a conversation, right? Create a conversation. Well, how can I help create the conversation and give some content to help a volunteer feel like, I know what to do now, and can get youth ministries on the same page, working together that's so the ministry tools and there's going to be a lot of smaller implementations of that but i'm really kind of more focusing on the practical skill set or how to's more so for the volunteer but the leadership coaching leadership network i want to create is for someone like yourself who's more of the paid professional kind of the leader of leaders and i mean again big buzzword now but cohorts and all that kind of stuff but there's some plans david i have that i wouldn't want to bore your, your listeners with right now but this all its just brewing in my brain the last few months that God's been giving me these ideas. And I'm very excited to start rolling these out in the next, at least next month, if not next two months of creating cohorts that aren't just pre-packaged things, but where it's very organic. For example, one of my dreams is to get sign up, log in, do the zoom, whatever. You got five people and we've already set, these are the topics we want to talk about. And then every week or every two weeks or whatever we're going through that for that x amount of time because everyone's got a unique situation yeah so and- how can i help the ministry leader be successful and really more peer-to-peer not professor to student does that make sense now yeah. across the table not from a lectern
1: you're not being talked at
2: exactly you're adults you're adults i get that <laughs>
1: yes yeah and we don't uh, i can tell you from experience and from watching it when i was a student looking at my youth pastors youth pastors and youth leaders don't like being treated like children
2: well you're not. not
1: exactly um and this is one thing i think one of the big benefits um just listening and and hearing the desire and and the the plans and and for me this is very exciting because this is the kind of thing that you know when you're a when you're a first time full-time youth pastor at the age of you know, 26 and you've been working for free for youth ministry for the last six years and you still feel like you don't have a clue what you're doing. Um, and you're like, what resources can I use to make sure that I'm, I'm affecting the kingdom in a positive way and not making it harder. Uh, this is the kind of thing that, uh, if someone were to come up to, to me at that age and say, what do you need uh, or what can I provide for you? And I'd ask for a resource. This would be one uh, that would be on the list. And it's one of those things I think is also going to be helpful for the volunteer leaders, the the ones that are doing it. Because as, uh, as we used to joke, you know, to go into ministry, you've mentioned this a couple of times, you either got to be called crazy or both. Um, I lucked out. I got both. I'm called and crazy. And uh, so, having youth leaders that are doing this and, and they're giving up their time, you know, they're sacrificing family time to spend time with the teens and to disciple them. And, and they could be getting discouraged having something that's going to allow them to put some more tools in their tool bag and, and encourage them. Uh, in fact, just a couple episodes ago, uh, I think it was Ryan interviewed a guy about not just recruiting leaders, but retaining them uh, and and keeping them not just. Not just keeping them there and physically present, but on board with the mission and the vision of what you're trying to accomplish within your specific local body, but also the community at large. Uh, and that's, that's one of the things that I think is, uh, is going to be helpful for those who, I guess you could say, partake in what Next Gen Matters has to offer over the years.
2: So, listener, I would encourage you to go to the website and look at it. Um, keep in mind, you know, it, it is a newer site. Everything's there in place. But uh, I'm still laying out, and hopefully in the next couple more weeks, we're going to be getting more videos up, different things to look at. Um, but I am just really excited to see where God is going to take this. Um, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, some Christian and some just you know, more secular, but on design on business. You know, I'm a pastor who became a professor. I'm not a businessman. Market, how do you use Facebook? How do you use social media? That kind of thing. So I've actually been like drilling down a lot in the last few weeks and listening to a ton of podcasts on how to develop myself as a business. Again, new game for me, right? So with that in mind, I, the one person I'm listening to was before they left their job, they took a whole year preparing to start their own business. Well, I kind of flipped that. I had a great job. Boom, now start a whole thing from scratch. So for me, I'm trying, I feel like I'm back, you know, as far as I, if that makes any sense at all, I was trying to say. But um, trying to play catch up, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Like end of from the day, square one. Yeah, end of the day, I'm just so excited to see where God's gonna take this because I sincerely want to help his youth leaders be successful at what they do.
1: Well, that's exciting. So the question then is, for someone who, uh, who you have the opportunity to basically minister to in, in, in their own ministry, um, what are you, where are you hoping they are 20, 30 years from now?
2: Still walking with Jesus. We, again, this week, have heard of another Christian personality who does not believe in God. The deconstruction movement is huge. We are first of all called to stay strong. And if I could get really personal with this, one of my favorite passages of scripture is 2 Timothy 2 verses one through 10. And in the senior class that I would teach at school, um, David, you took that many years ago, 10, 10 years ago. It was that senior class, on how to put together a whole one year of programming in in your youth student ministry. Last day of class, my youngest son was a youth major in that class. And here's where it gets a little personal. I wasn't planning on doing this, but the Lord, His Holy Spirit, just really put on my heart to just kind of open up 2 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 10 on staying strong in the faith, and the graces in Christ Jesus. So I just kind of took a few moments and Well, me, that means 15, but extracted that scripture verses one through 10, went around the room and prayed for each student, put hands on each one and prayed over them. That's about 20. And not to make this crazy mellow, but that was the last act. And I didn't know at the time, but that was my last class. Because, you know, the reconstruction thing happens and I don't have a job Restructure me. So the way the Lord had it played out, that was my very last act ever done as a professor. Was to give God's word about staying strong. Lay hands and pray for each one individually where they're at with their own journey of ministry, that they will stay strong. Not having any idea that within four weeks, I'm now looking for a new job. And and you know this, David. And two weeks later, my dad passed away. Now, how do you start dealing with all of this? Well, it goes right back to what I just shared with those students. I have to stay strong. It is, I really would encourage each of you in those times of, I don't get it, people are hurting me, it doesn't make any difference, that you take time to look at 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 10 you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others, endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, He does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive his share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David, and this is my gospel, for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal but God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. And as I extracted that passage for the students, I said it starts at verse one, be strong, not on your own strength. Culture says suck it up. No, you be strong in the grace in Christ Jesus, and you're only going to be strong in him if you spend time with him every day. Be strong in that grace. That's verse one, as you're tight with Jesus. But verse two talks about human relationships. And David, that's actually part of what I want to see with next gen. Not that I'm the answer, but how can I be not just a dispenser of grace, but how can I help
1: create community within the body of Jesus? I don't know if I ever told you this but i i've been asked before why i went into student ministry and you know how people like to say what verse do you use to back up why you went into whatever second timothy 2 2 is my driving verse it's essentially the discipleship process condensed down into one sentence
2: and you see that and i think that we use it yes we use that verse as kind of a construct of strategic discipleship, which is there. But let's let me take a different Rubik's Cube look at it. What's the great command? Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. We need both the divine relationship and we need human relationships. In verse one, divine relationship. Verse two, we need human relationships. Ministry leader, your greatest support base many times are the leaders around you. Verses three, four, and five talks about being strong as a hardworking farmer, the athlete with your integrity, and the soldier who's single focused. So be hardworking, keep your integrity, stay single focused to, to, to please your CEO, your commanding officer. And who am I, as a, that passage continues, who am I to think like oh what i'm going through no one can relate uh jesus can (laughs) he was all the people (laughs) yeah remember jesus christ here's paul writing his last letter and he dies most commentators say within a few months of writing this letter be strong stay faithful keep your integrity stay single folks remember jesus his divinity, his humanity, he talks about, He's, he, was, he was nailed to a cross. And what are you going through? I don't think it even matches up. You, you, can, you can handle this through his strength. The momentary and light affliction. Even though Paul says, I'm chained, the word of God is not chained. Even though they can kick you out of the church or whatever is going to happen to you, the word of God is going to be in those students' lives. So therefore, you give them the word of God. Because when you're gone or they go off to college, because some that's the thing about youth men, this is not a forever deal. There's a lot of transition. We know that. So you teach them the one thing that never leaves them, the word of God. But I love the last line. Therefore, Paul puts the bow on it, there, right? Therefore, you know, I endure. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect. And I'm not here to debate what that word means. I just trust it but I do know this. And I used to say this so many times in class, and I'm saying it to your listeners now. God only knows the teenagers that you've not even met yet, that God is going to place in your life. So you stay faithful. And even the teenagers you even know right now, you stay faithful because it's about kingdom living and making disciples. I will endure all things for the sake of the elect that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Why do I do student ministry to put a bow on this from last episode to this is because who's most open to the gospel Adolescents. where's the greatest mission field 4% of adolescents claim faith in Christ. What's going to matter more 100 years from now? Me and my big bank account? Or have I invested in eternity? And I'm seeing a pushing away of full-time Christian ministry leaders in the church and in Christian colleges. Let's focus more on the business and the marketplace. Okay, I get that. But I want to be about training God's people to do kingdom work because just merely a hundred years from now, let alone a hundred thousand years, what's going
1: to matter is we're worshiping the lamb of God. Yeah. And that's, it's a good reminder, reminder to us. We weren't necessarily called to be the next Billy Graham. We were called to be faithful to the students we have. I've told, I've told people before, I might've even said it when I was in class, but I don't want to be the next Billy Graham. I wouldn't mind being his youth pastor. <laughs> I wouldn't mind being his dad's youth pastor for that matter. I don't have to be here when the next one shows up, you know? But if I was faithful at the end of the day, if I did what you just said, which is give them the word, what I think and what I come up with, that doesn't matter compared to the words of God, that the the Bible, what it has to say for our lives and for the for the kingdom and for the work that we do. Uh, nothing i could come up with no cool game no catchy statement no awesome video can compare to the the weight in eternity that the, the word of god holds and and that's i guess i mean that's a, a best that's the best way to wrap it up uh, with all of this is all of the tools and the encouragement that we can give any of our leaders uh, any resource we can provide it, all of it's got to be rooted in scripture
2: something that i've asked some very dear friends you know why me why why start this why would god put this on my heart to start and and by the way there's many great resources and i'm not in competition with them but one thing a a dear dear very close friend of mine who's on my advisory team matter of fact he's my lean-in guy uh, and you know him mike kamiri and i said mike why me why would God call me to do this? I'm taking a chance as I share something very intimate. He said, because you love people. And he goes, you love God's word. And he said, unfortunately, a lot of youth leaders really don't talk much about God's word. And I'm like, well, let's change that. (laughs) So what I want to bring to the table it's just not how tos. But how do we get students to be more in love with Jesus and more active and engaged and knowing what Scripture says, and able to defend their faith, so their faith is not deconstructed when something goes wonky in their life? What they will do as well, Second Timothy chapter two, they also will be strong. So then, in turn, they will reach the next generation. When we're jamming out while their guitars in heaven, because that's what harps are, right? They're just kind of primitive guitars, right? So while we're in eternity and the show goes on here, they're now reaching the next generation.
1: Well, I really appreciate you coming on today, Doc Brown, and I would encourage anyone out there who is listening, please take the time to check out Next Gen Matters. Um, we'll have the in the show notes. We'll have a link to the website and uh, the different ways to to contact Doc Brown through the website. Um, He's also got a Facebook page, Next Gen Matters on Facebook, and uh, you'll be able to contact them through that as well. Uh, And I would encourage you once again, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the last episode, please take a minute and go back and listen to that because it definitely leads into uh, what we talked about today. Hopefully you are encouraged. Um, I am encouraged anytime I have a chance to interact with Doc Brown, especially if we're in the same room together, which is uh, very few and far between the last couple of months uh, is a, is a great opportunity for me. And uh, just uh, once again, really, really appreciate your willingness to be on the podcast with us today. Dr. Brown.
2: You're entirely welcome and God bless you all. Thank you all for doing what you're doing. It, it really does. It really does matter.
0: Man, I am so thankful for Dr. Brown's heart and his passion for youth ministry. And I'm really excited about this new ministry that he's rolling out uh, called Next Gen Matters. I, I really like the aspect of honing in specifically on lay, lay leaders, uh, and that's specifically in developing leaders uh, within youth ministries.
1: Yeah, uh, that's one thing that uh, conversations I've had with guys over the years that haven't had the opportunity to have like a four-year degree or are gone with the master's level with youth ministry. Um, but they've always expressed a desire to get a l- little bit of learning under their belts, you know, maybe get um, some kind of resource that'll help them keep up to speed, uh, especially when it comes to the world of youth and youth culture. Because I think when we were in Doc Brown's class uh, in at Liberty, I think they told us like the, the face of youth ministry changes like every five years. Uh, I think it's sped up since then. <laughs> it's more like maybe three. And uh, we're, we're closing in uh, real quick on six months at a time. I, I absolutely agree. Countries. I feel
0: I feels like I feel it, it, at one point after that, it was talking about every three years, went about every three years. Yeah. I feel like it's changing almost every single year. There was a new social media out new way of connecting and it's so hard to keep up with all the new stuff that keeps rolling out constantly
1: yeah you're right um and uh i mean we've got resources out there for parents for stuff like that but for those who are in the trenches uh day to day week to week with youth and and doing it from a ministry angle i think providing stuff like this is going to be invaluable for them
0: no i absolutely agree and guys if uh I would definitely want to encourage you to uh, stay tuned and listen to our next episode. The next episode, we're going to talk uh, a topic that's been rolling out in our culture, and we're going to be talking specifically about racism and how that relates to youth ministry. Uh, We're gonna talk specifically about youth ministry. There's a lot of things that we're hearing about racism and ministry and church life, uh, but we wanted to focus specifically how does this affect students and our our ministries specifically dealing uh, with teenagers. You definitely wanna stay tuned to our next episode.